Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your tits. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it! This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Hot Buddy, no I'm Sam Nifty the Lady, so what? <laughs> it's the North Concord Odyssey, again. Uh, looking at uh, 1989 BBC One special Sunday afternoon TV, a 50 minute special all about Concord, where Noel Edmonds goes from the UK to the USA in Concord, which of course is Ooh. the absolute icon of the skies. Um, it's it's the pinnacle of anyone with any kind of you know interest in aviation, I guess, commercial aviation. Mm. Um, Noel Edmonds is he's got the the, the massive horn for it. And um, he's up there in the cockpit. But before we go any further, there's been some Noel-related news over the last 24 hours, which I think oh. we should possibly look at. Okay. Oh, yeah. And that is that ITV are reviving um, one of Noel's greatest uh, late-period televisual works. Conjurings. Televisual conjurings. Yeah. yeah. And it was. Let's face it. We yeah. can look at it over the next few minutes. They're bringing back Deal or No Deal, mm. which I immediately jumped for joy when I saw the news. And yeah. then I saw Without Noel Edmonds, which uh, I don't really know how you can do that. I wonder if they asked Noel. I, I've got a strong feeling that Noel would have um, said no either way, because as we've discussed on recent episodes, he's now withdrawn from public life and yeah. is living in a compound in New Zealand. In New right. Zealand, yeah. Uh, and I genuinely think he just doesn't want to be part of, like, the entertainment scene. So I'm sure he would have said no. And I'm was it his format, Deal or No Deal? No, it was a Dutch format. Okay. Came over from, so he wouldn't from, have from had a say. The Netherlands, I think. But um, maybe he ITV... He would have had a say, but he took it and he made it into something extraordinary. He took I don't it, think... It, the, the format is simple. It's yeah, 20 I, I don't think that that show could or can work without Noel. No. I can't imagine who can take that on, although you've made a very strong suggestion on Twitter. I said it would only work if it was Danny Dyer. Yeah, it would be Uh, superb. I think that would be Noel's first choice as well, I believe. It would Uh, be super. Well, they're both West Ham, mate. Noel's big West Ham, so is Dyer. Who is it? I read the story. Well, you're not going to be impressed. Right. Do you want to have a couple of guesses? Well, usually they get Bradley Walsh. That's who they usually go for. If but only. he is good, isn't he? He's talented. Bradley, Bradley Walsh, Walsh is good, but yeah. he's got the chase. If only it was Bradley Walsh. No. I think lower. <laughs> the lower than him. Um, well, well, actually, lower I don't know what I'm saying. That nah, he's big star. <laughs> yeah. Top uh, draw. Um, not McGuinness. Paddy McGuinness. <laughs> no. Uh, I would say slightly higher than Paddy McGuinness. Higher than Paddy McGuinness. <laughs> um, not Piers Morgan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put you at your misery. Yeah. It's the um, child-faced magician Stephen Mulhern. Really interesting choice. Yeah. Interesting choice because yeah. he's, I mean, he's, he's done, he's done catchphrase for years, really. hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I don't know a huge but, amount about him, but what I've seen of him, I've liked. 
He's professional. I'll say yeah. that. He seems like a decent but guy to me. I don't know if he has. He's certainly not got what Noel's got. I mean, Noel, no. Noel turned it into Noel turned it into some kind of mystic cult deal or no deal because he had contestants on there who had, you know, belief systems and strategies to yeah. win what was essentially the random opening of some boxes with numbers in. Yeah, I mean, what Noel's Noel obviously we've talked about this a lot the fact that it's impossible to name what Noel has other than the name we've given it, which is Noel Play. Noel right? Play, yeah. But it's really hard to sort of define what Noel Play is because all these years mm. he had huge success in the 70s, the 80s and the 90s, right? Mm. And in each decade it was hard to sort of pinpoint what is it that Noel is actually doing here that makes him so successful? What is it that makes everything he touches turn to gold? And then by the, by the noughties, you're thinking it's a new century. There's no longer you can keep it up. <clears throat> but he saved almost his best trick for last because yeah. deal or no deal was the most sensational thing of all because he didn't even have a, he had a format that made no sense that somehow without ever telling a joke right or doing anything exceptional, certainly no magic tricks like Mulhern might bring to it, right? Mm. He generated the most compelling sense of tension, drama and jeopardy that's ever been seen on a television programme out of yeah. a meaningless rudimentary game. I mean... He, <clears throat> here's what I think. Noel Edmonds, right, is and was a ringmaster. Mm. Mm. And he was the ringmaster of a series of very, very different circuses. Mm. All of his own making. There was the Swap Shop Circus, even before that there was the Radio 1, Mm. Uh, breakfast show prank phone call yeah. circus then swap shop then the late late breakfast show which of course became a kind of um, lethal stunt circus it went too far yeah and they almost Noel's changed the name party. to that Noel's lethal stunt circus <laughs> stunt circus don't forget telly addicts <laughs> oh yeah we don't forget telly addicts well we have forgot telly addicts yeah and then of course Noel's house party which was pretty much a circ- a human circus a human zoo. Noel's human like. circus zoo. <laughs> yeah. And then... The Dino island Nordea, of Dr. Was Noel. Of, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So he's just the the, the epicentre of all of it. Mm. And I'm going to say centrifugal force. Is yeah, that I think what, that makes sense. For? Yeah. Occurred around him. and um, He was he like was, the Large Hadron Collider of like yeah. entertainment, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, definitely that. Yeah. Um, and then he just went, fuck this, I'm gone. And off he yeah. went. And he went, I left Dale I'll, Dale. Did I'll, they cancel mi- it? I'll miss you. You'll miss me when I'm gone. And God damn it, he's right. Because when, as much as I've got nothing against Stephen Mulhern, I think he's a talented broadcaster and magician. Um, You know, when he's doing Deal or No Deal, I think we'll all think fuck we didn't realise what we had when Noel was yeah. still active you know yeah. and then um, you might get a scene where an ITV exec flies out to New Zealand it'll be like one of those old westerns where like an ITV exec tracks him down to his compound in New Zealand just turns mm. up unannounced dishevelled with a single like suitcase in his hand and mm. Noel just looks up and he's like what are you doing here get off my land he pulls out a shotgun and yeah. he goes it's it's me Tarquin Headley Smedley Smythe cheap 
chief commissioner of light, light entertainment at yeah. ITV. You know what I'm here for. Yeah, I know what you're here for. And the answer's no. And then he loads the gun. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, hear me out. And he says, there's nothing to hear. You know, I've left that world behind me. That Noel Edmonds no longer exists. Fucking hell. Be actually quite a good yeah. little little dramatization of no no. He's got that animated. Yeah. <laughs> well, I saw Harbinor, um, who's a regular contributor to the Top Flight Time Machine community. Oeuvre. Did he did do an animated no based on our last yeah. episode, which was I found quite entertaining. Yeah. It was good. You're right. Yeah. Well done. Thanks for that. Um, I'm just looking at the deal on No Deal page. It went on for 11 years with Noel at the helm. Fuck me. That's incredible. And it was cancelled. 2016. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, things do back, get... But... Everything gets cancelled in the end. And that's mm. something that I think Noel found it difficult to get his nut around. Right, because he thinks, mm. well you shouldn't ever cancel me. What about all the success I had? Because I think he felt the same about House Party. But every dog has its day. That said, TV, like a lot of traditional mediums, is overall in a in a terminal decline. So what happens is, you know, they cancel a show because they think the show is in decline. And they think, oh, mm. it used to get 2 million listeners uh, viewers now it only gets half a million so there must be something wrong with the show so they think we'll replace it with something else that will be more in tune with the zeitgeist and it will get us back to having two million viewers what they don't realize is there aren't two million viewers for fucking anything so they get rid of let's say no mm. then they put another show in its place can't remember what that was right that gets even less because it's less familiar to people and then they're like oh fuck we should have stuck with no um, exactly. But it's just that, and it's the same, remember, it was the same with magazines. It's the same with magazines, it's the same with TV, same with cinema audiences. The only thing that's going up, radio, and of course, podcasts. Podcasts. <laughs> the thing is, yeah, they should have just rested it, just given it a year off. Yeah. And you still bring well, it's why well, they keep bringing so much shit back. They bring back Deal or No Deal. They'll bring back House Party at some point. But it won't be Noel. Well, Noel, Noel. Noel will refuse to come back. Of course he will. Noel's done now. All his work's done. Could you have All Danny Dyer's house party? No, it'd probably be too aggressive, wouldn't it? Uh, I tell you, they seem to be getting to do everything now. Is that Alison Hammond? I could imagine her yeah. putting on a good house party. It, it, it reminds me, Noel's career reminds me of Sid Waddell's quote, mm. um, famous quote, when Alexander of Macedonia was 33 he cried salt tears because there were no more worlds to conquer. Mm. Eric Bristow was only 27. Yeah. But, but obviously, but Noel conquered more worlds than Eric Bristow did. Yeah, and it still doesn't work because he only, he he withdrew from public life probably in his like early 60s. Oh, Bristow? <laughs> no, Edmunds. <laughs> uh, Bristow's still active in public life. No, he's dead. Oh, fuck. If you're listening, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, Eric, get well soon. Uh, no, he's dead. Oh, hang on. I thought I had two stories. That was uh, Brazil's 
uh, when Bob Alan, Alan Brazil's Bob Monkhouse thing. Are you yeah. sure? I heard two versions of that story. <laughs> two, two versions. One well, that he's alive and one that one he's One was not. that he was alive and one <laughs> that he was dead. And I think there's still some debate <laughs> over which is true. It's a story two where there can only be two story. versions. Yeah. There can only be two versions of it. He's either alive or he's not. Or, or he's living inside the Sphinx with the Queen and Michael Jackson. Yeah. Monkhouse, yeah. Bristow, the Queen, and Michael Jackson all, <laughs> all living inside the Sphinx. Uh, I, think I, that might get, gonna I might go onto one of those AI drawing things and get them to create that. Yeah. Uh, so Deal or No Deal is back. Noel Edmonds is not. Um, but the thing was, he would always, when the thing was cancelled, whether it be the Late Late Breakfast Show or house party or deal or no deal he would always just I think immediately just shut his mind down and prepare for the next the next format <laughs> apparently like no the human brain things. he was able to liquefy between <laughs> gigs <laughs> yeah in order to um, conserve his energy and ideas and, and when he wasn't himself. actually working he would simply um, he would assume liquid form right yeah until such a time that he had to reanimate and come up with his next format. It would be refrigerated. Yeah. His wife, whoever his wife was at the time, because I think he had a few, his wife of the time would put him in a jar in the fridge until he was ready to be reanimated. Can I just say, I've just seen a tweet from Jay Comfrey. What, Uh, is it a new one? Has he done another one? It's the new episode of his podcast, High Performance. Oh, yeah. And um, his current guest, Sakia Starmer. Oh no! <laughs> I could that could have just handed the next election battle of the Tories. Oh no! <laughs> I, says, I can see the strategy behind it though, because yeah. who's, who's the biggest Tory in the whole country? It's got to be Jake Humphrey, right? Jake Humphrey. Yeah. So if you're looking for floating voters, if you're looking to turn some sort of like. Tories who are still like, well, I'm not too sure. I, 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 this lot do seem to have uh, taken us down the shitter, but I'm not sure about this Starmer figure. Go on, fucking Jake Humphrey, get his approval. Yeah, of course, makes sense. You, know, you can't just be preaching them, to the converted, can you? Yeah, it works. For, it works for both of them. Humphrey's obviously looking like he's he's getting on board before Starmer gets in. He'll be office. after his knighthood, won't he? Yeah, it it describes. It says today. You will see the man who could be the next PM in a whole new light. Oh. So what he's doing is he's shown us Sakia Starmer in a whole new light in a way that no other interviewer or media coverage has before. <laughs> he's yeah, got a new yeah, angle. Of course, of course on this man is going to do that. He's not is, just going to do a, a pat interview, is he? He's high performance. It's a no. high performance interview. Yeah, he's, he's, he's un, 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 unsheathed new layers of the, the Starmer onion. He says it's a personal conversation, not a political one. Mm. Let's keep politics out of it. Yeah. <laughs> just, just go mano a mano. Yeah. yeah. Let's Starmer, put our heads together. What fucking time do you get up in the morning? Well, it depends what I've got on that day. Wrong answer. It doesn't matter <laughs> what you've got on that day. It's 5am or fuck off. <laughs> what do you eat for breakfast? Cornflakes. Wrong answer. It's fucking Gucci berries. <laughs> It's a personal conversation, not a political one. And I'm sure at the end of it, Jake will have took Starmer aside and given him a list of 10 policy ideas that he yeah. thinks will make this country a lot better. 
I've I've handed him my manifesto dossier called the high high performance Britain, <laughs> in which I've explained how we could um, put all of my high performance life techniques into enshrined in statute. <laughs> and so every lazy Brit who has not been born with the same high performance and height that I, Jake Humphreys, was born with can still aspire to a high performance lifestyle. Fucking hell. Yeah. I'm going to listen to that. Jalapeño. Jalapeño. I must say, we give Jake Humphreys a lot of stick on this show. We do. Because mm. it's a huge amount of fun. But mm. I, I'll admit, I, I've never listened to one of his podcasts. Why would I? I I'm mean, about to start. It's just like it's on the, YouTube as well, so you can watch it. As I well will watch it. that because I am in. I am uh, interested in Keir Starmer because Renny Lucky will be the next prime minister. Yeah, and so the more we can learn, he's. He, you know, the thing about him is, I think he's done some good work, but he has yet to reveal much of himself in my opinion to the public well, that's what Jake Humphreys has spotted as well and that's exactly. why he's filling the gap but I think yeah. he's done that on purpose I think it's been strategic because he's like when the election comes the, a lot of the media will just focus on the personalities particularly mm. of the, the the leader of the opposition because mm. that's often what people are most interested in at election time so he, he thought I'll keep my powder dry until then and then they'll see the real fucking me and that is when I'm going to that is when they're going to see that rather than the boring charisma-free zone that some people have accused me of being, that I am much more akin to Teddy Sheringham in the ninety <laughs> in the late nineties when he first signed for Manchester United. <laughs> and when we launch our election campaign officially next year, I will fucking rock up in a Ferrari with the roof down, <laughs> with a couple of Dorises in the back. Neither of whom will be my wife. Because that will appeal to a lot of the lads out there, a lot of the centrist dads who are frustrated, perhaps in their marriages, and in they feel ways. they feel their best days are behind them. And like me, yeah. they spend a lot of their time thinking about Euro '96 or watching clips of it on YouTube. And that is the key demographic that I will be appealing to. And it starts here with my Jake Humphrey interview. <laughs> Humphrey also tweets subsequently, I'd also love to know what you all think about us having politicians on the podcast. Us. Us, us. not me. Us. Yeah. I'm uh, a team player. Talking. Say what you like. Yes, I am the first amongst equals. I will say that. But nevertheless, I am yeah, a team there's, player. There's, there's me and there's Nathan who does the editing <laughs> and uploads it because I don't want to get involved uh, in any of uh, that he, stuff. He also uh, puts things on the Twitter and all of that. I'm not getting that my hands dirty yeah. with that crap. Yeah, but if it's me that's tweeting, there'll be a little J at the end, so you know that it's from me. <laughs> he says, I'd also love to know what you all think about us having politicians on the podcast, not talking politics, but discussing the person behind the headlines, etc. So there you go. Um, yeah, I'll watch that. We might end up talking about it on Friday. Yeah. In the main episode. Yeah. Um, and by the way, yeah, if you're listening... Um, the communications director for the office of Sakir Starmer, and you want to reach um, a different sort of an audience, mm -hmm. then well, door is open. We don't often have guests, but we nope. are thinking of an, an in the interest of balance. Obviously, the podcast elders would insist that come election time, we'd have to have a, the leader of each of the main parties on. 
So we yeah, well, invite Starmer. them at least. We'll yeah. also have uh, Rishi Sunak. Or whoever the leader is by then. Yeah. And um, uh, yeah. And whoever the leader of the Liberal Democrats is, nobody knows. <laughs> but whoever they are, he or she, we are very open to meeting them. Absolutely. And uh, and um, all the other ones and all. Jake, Jake Humphreys also tweeted something this morning. I, I would describe it as a motivational poem, mm. almost. Would you like to hear it? Yeah. Of course you would. Of course. Here it goes. Your, ha- your house is the dream of someone without. Mm. Your job, the aim of the unemployed. Mm. Your freedom, the dream of the persecuted. Your health, the dream of the sick. Your smile, the aim of the sad. <laughs> Today, see the many things you can go up someone up to to a sad person and go, What's your aim? My aim is to smile. Anyway, go on. (laughs) Today, see the many things you can be grateful for. Push away negative, embrace positive. There it is. Well, I find that quite quite trite and patronizing, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. And it's just gone dream. First line, aim, second line, dream, third line, and fourth line, aim, uh, fifth line. So it doesn't even... I think he got that KFC up. chat to do that. You know, the robot that KFC does your... Chat, KFC chat, is stuff up for you. the robot that yeah. you can get to write things yeah. for you. Sounds to me. Yeah. KFC chat, write something fucking inspirational to hoodwink all the fucking oiks that follow me on social media into thinking I'm profound. So? We're in the era now where loads of people are going, what What if KFC chat tried to do this uh, and then yeah. getting it to do something like, Tedious. I don't know, EastEnders fucking storyline or something, and they're invariably all shite. Yeah, exactly. It's actually undermining KFC chat quite a lot now because yeah. you're realising it's yes. not well, because it costs money, doesn't it? You can't just get it Does to it? do something. Yeah, you can't no, get it. I, I looked it, it up. Something. I thought, I'm going to get it to do something when it first came out. Oh, you've uh, got a peer, have you? And then it just said it uh, wanted money. I was like, fuck that. I'm not paying you to write for me, you fucking robot. To get fucking, we can get results, but to do one for us. We've got loads we'll of, reprogram we've it. got loads of writer mates that we can get we've for cheaper than that. We've got results, but we've got all kinds of collaborators. Yeah. Nah. Certainly, no, Jake Shepard. Certainly, I will write your inspirational poem immediately. God, <laughs> don't worry. It doesn't need to be good or anything. These people are fucking idiots. <laughs> Most of them are just lazy, <laughs> low performance or mediocre performance fucking plebs. G- ghouls. <laughs> oh, what's he said yesterday? Morning! Five exclamation marks. Fuck off. Uh, make today count. Fuck Enjoy off. Enjoy every moment. What? What if you can't? What if you yeah, can't? Exactly. What if you're sad? What, what if, if you're fucking sad? skint? Right? What if you've yeah. just been left on the brain? What if you lost your fucking job? What if your partner's fucking left you, right? What if you can't fucking afford to pay the fucking energy bill that's just landed on your door? So you're just fucking miserable. You ain't got the energy that day because you're so exhausted from years of fucking toil and frustration yeah. that you can't fucking make the day count. What about that? Yeah, exactly. Well, you yeah. should. Anyone can if they try hard enough. Fuck off when they don't want to try hard enough. When they're it's not all in the a mood state today. of mind. Make yourself do it. Make yourself better. Can't. He's also retweeted a tweet from Matthew McConaughey <laughs> uh, from a couple of days ago where McConaughey just, just basically tweeted at 5.53am the words relentless pursuit 
<laughs> That's it. Yeah, you shouldn't retweet that because that he could be talking about like a, a woman who is doesn't want to be relentlessly pursued. <laughs> exactly. Especially it being McConaughey, you never know with him. He's a wild card, isn't he? Exactly. Yeah. You want to know how people used to say to me, "I would never win anyone's heart because I was so obnoxious and weird," but they were wrong because when I set my sights on anything, <clears throat> including a woman that I am relentless in my pursuit and I will not stop until they bend to my will. A woman who doesn't want you is just a woman whose mind hasn't been switched into the correct position yet. <laughs> pursue, pursue, pursue. If you are relentless in your pursuit of it. Fucking hell. Just, um, yeah, don't listen to Jake Humphreys. You don't have to make today count. You don't even have to make tomorrow count. There's a lot of fucking no, days in your life. get through it. And, you know, get yeah. through it. Some days you, you achieve a lot, some days you don't. But even when you appear to not be producing much, then you are still living your life, your brain is still evolving, and you take something out of every day. It doesn't all have to be yeah. fucking Jake Humphreys bullshit. You, you, you get in from work and you have a kebab, yeah. And then you find yourself sat on your ass and you find yourself down some kind of YouTube wormhole for five yeah. hours. Yeah. That's all right. Mm. You haven't hurt anyone. Yeah. You know, it's fine. It's like I remember someone saying to me once, like, they it's were wor- every day. they were worried about um, their son was like a teenager, right? Mm. And they said, I'm a bit worried about him because he's just like, all he does is like sit around in his room and I'm really worried that he's not doing I went, hang on a minute, mate. I knew you when you were a teenager, right? And what did any of us do but fucking sit around there? Those are the moments that you're absorbing mm. all sorts of stuff and your mind and your imagination and your worldview are evolving. And actually, they don't really evolve if you're one of these fucking people who gets up every day and is obsessed with your own productivity, right? So yeah. if you were the sort of teenager, not that I've got anything against teenagers like this, but if you're getting up and... I don't know what this bloke wanted for his kid. Maybe he thought he should be getting up and fucking getting up at 5am, doing a, <laughs> like a few laps of an day. Olympic swimming pool, you know, studying yeah. at the library, then doing some voluntary work, right, for some old people, and then doing fucking violin lessons. I don't fucking know, whatever. But the point is, is that you actually, you know, like you leave, like when you're making bread, you, you need it, and then you leave it to prove, right? That's like your yeah. fucking nut, right? And when right. you're a kid, all the shit, all the time you spend fucking sitting around listening to records, right? Or fucking reading magazines, as it would have been in our day, right? Or watching telly, or whatever. You're just sitting there. Your brain's fucking evolving the whole time. So as you well, you need time to do that shit. And it's, it's the same in adulthood as well. If you're up every yeah. day like fucking Humphreys planning your next fucking whatever it is that he's got up his sleeve, I'm preparing my next, next fucking. I'm, I'm hosting Europa League on BT Sport on Thursday, and I will always be thoroughly prepared. So I'm it's... looking into the last five fixtures that RP Leipzig, RP Leipzig have taken part in. So I will not be caught out. Not again. <laughs> right. It's like another day, another mind mountain to conquer. Yeah, you don't have to. You know, it's good to be like that sometimes. Sometimes you have to be like that. But the, the like thinking that any day that's not like that is wasted. Days doing nothing. You know, you might not see it. It might not be as obvious. But they're productive too, aren't they, Andy? They are completely. 
I had a, I had a moment of realization at the weekend. It was Saturday evening, and my son was was at mine, and um, normally we're like watch some telly or do something together. And this is darts on. There was darts on. We'll watch the darts, and he mm. wasn't there. He was in his room playing music, and I thought that's a bit fucking rude. He's not spending time with me. And then I thought, I thought, well, what was I doing when I was 15? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was always in my room playing and, and, music. And also, it's delightful that he's listening to music. I mean, that is, that's a fucking education in itself. It's spiritual, yeah. emotional education. It's cultural education. And it's important. And I reckon, I don't know this, I might be wrong, but I reckon Jake Humphreys was never fucking putting time aside to listen to music. Mm. And that's why ultimately... He might have a big watch, but he might also be, you know, a, a little bit tedious to spend time around. You can't. I don't suspect he doesn't. He doesn't probably doesn't love music. You can't trust people who don't love music. People like music. Lots of people mm. like music, and they go, "Oh yeah, I like music. I like Ed Sheeran. <laughs> I like this, that, and the other." You know. Uh, but if if you don't love music, then I'm afraid there's something. A bit, there's, there's no, a bit I, feel, of I feel bad for you because you might not have been exposed to it. No one might have enlightened yeah. your, like, sparked your passion in it. You might not, you know, yeah. you might not get it. There's lots of cultural delights that I don't get and I'm not engaged in, but I hope to one day be. Like, for instance, I know nothing about classical music, right? Not mm. really. I mean, I can name composers, but if you play me a bit of classical music, even if I recognize it, I won't be like, oh, yeah, that's uh, that's old list, that's list in it, right? But <laughs> Actually, one day I think, well, it's been around a long time and fucking loads of people love it. They'll sell out those mm. big fucking, you know, it's got to be something, be something to about it, it. But I haven't engaged in it properly to understand yeah. it yet or to really have my passion ignited. So if, if it's pop music, people, there's some people who are the same with pop music. And I just think, well, it's a shame for them because all of this thing is nourishment for the soul. But what's exciting is the idea that we have things that we are not yet engaged with so we've got it to look forward to even when you're quite old like you and i do you know what i mean mm. look at me i only got into jazz the last few years i was gonna say you've got your jazz odyssey to work I, on I, first I, I before you get jazz classical. And, and i still don't i don't know much about jazz but i listen to it and i like it and that's like a, a source of pleasure that i never thought i'd have i mean Unlike classical, which I'm not hostile to, I would have been actually actively hostile to jazz for years. Yeah. And now I'm like, I'm actively welcoming to it. You've opened your it. mind to jazz. Mm. Yeah. So there's loads of like, shit out there we can open our maybe, minds to. That's the kind of thing Jay Comfrey would suggest, really, isn't it? Open your mind to jazz. No, no, no way. Because Jake Humphrey, like a lot of Tories, is all about thinking in straight lines. Rigour, efficiency... Yeah. Straight line thinking. Improvement. Jazz, like, you know, the fascists, the fascists tried to make jazz illegal, mate. Like, yeah. no one, they, the fascists, uh, people, the right, right-wing people don't like jazz because it's... Or cats. It's too fucking volatile, right? It's arbitrary. Cats, can are, go, can cats go anywhere. are jazz, aren't they? Yeah, cats, they, are, jazz. cats are jazz animals. The Tories don't like them. No, and there's no way Jake Humphreys would like jazz. He'd go, jazz... Utter nonsense. Pretentious yeah. rubbish. Yeah, come up with a tune, lads. Yeah, exactly. Gary Barlow, he can write a fucking song, right? It's got a beginning, a middle and an end. I know where it's going to go. It's got a lovely harmony. I like it. You wouldn't if catch I was to Barlow give, doing jazz. If I was to give Gary Barlow three and a half hours, I know for certain he'd write the number one. <laughs> yeah. 
if I was to do the same to, I don't know, Dizzy Gillespie, I think he'd probably fuck off, buy some heroin, get high, right? And probably we'd find him in a bin alley playing with cats. And where would that get any of us? Where would be my commercial return for the three and a half hours I'd paid for in the studio? (laughs) And there we are. Uh, We haven't managed to look at the Noel Concord thing this week, but that's all right. We've we've made some important uh, findings, I think, (laughs) about life in general. So uh, quite a jazz episode, I reckon. Yeah. Um, We'll be back. Have another attempt at it next week. Thanks very much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.